0: What time of worship, <laughs> how are we all feeling? Good. I know I'm confident this morning, and um, whatever God wants me to say um, will be said. I'm actually, to be honest, I'm going to cut my intro short because God's in the business of doing stuff. God's in the business today of moving everybody's spirit, everybody's mind. So, i just going to wait for the slides to come up, but... Whilst we do, I just wanna ask if we could just close our eyes and just be still for a few moments. And just, I want you to have a posture ready to receive. And I'd like you to take some deep breaths in, hold and then release. Right, right, we're good to go. So I'm going to be preaching on the overflow of the heart, and I'm just going to get set up. So what's that, what does that mean? What is it? First of all, I'm going to use the board. And I'm probably going to be off camera a little bit there. <laughs> so I'm going to write this on the board for you. And if we've got any participants who would brave enough to share what they think that is scripture wise or what the phrase means please feel free so right here for you so what is it's going to be messy doesn't matter what is the overflow of the heart I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to a minute to come up with some ideas, if you're comfortable. If you're not, I'm just gonna write what I've got down, what I believe the overflow of the heart is. Out of, Dave Curtis has just said out of the mouth. Yeah. we'll put that on the board. Out of the mouth, yeah? Anyone else confident <laughs> enough, sorry? Generous, So out in the mouth. Let me finish that first. Uh, was it generous? Oh, testing my English this morning. <laughs> uh, OU.S. Passion. Passion? Good. It's a great one. Right Love. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Roy. Love. Pain. Yeah, I'll put that next to that, maybe. Uh, Pain, yeah. What about uh, spiritual abundance? Spiritual abundance. Now we're talking. (laughs) That could be a sermon for another time, eh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just happened, yeah. Spiritual abundance. Kindness? Yeah, man. Kindness. Empathy, yeah, empathy, or sympathy as well, yeah, Go, works both ways, yeah. I reckon we could, actions, yep, definitely, hello, Jared. <laughs> right, I'm going to keep moving from this way, so I do apologise on the live stream if the camera keeps changing, but I'm going to... U- Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to be using the space a little bit for this intro. Great. I think we've got quite a few things on there. Let me um, read them out for those who can't see them, or can't see it from this side. So, as a church, we've said, "What is the overflow of the heart? It's generosity. It comes from out of the mouth. Spiritual abundance. Kindness." Empathy, actions, I'm going to really focus more on actions today, actually, to be fair. Love or pain, passion. Now, what I've written down from this is I'm more thinking about what we let into our heart. So it can come from things such as music film. It can come from... I'm going to double check. huh? Poetry, yep. Poetry, exactly. And I think we've got enough there, to be honest with you. But I was going to mention as well that we've got the environment, our culture and our upbringing is all a part of that. Um, so... Let's just, if we can see the board, let's just read it for a minute. Because this all flows, all of this stuff we've written up, it comes from our mind and it flows back to a heart. So I've written music, film, and Anna helped me out with poetry. Because the things we consume end up going back into our hearts subconsciously it's part of psychology as well but we can relate this to, to church so everything we participate in has an impact okay so it leads me to the first point well there's a definition actually let's not miss that a definition to be overfilled says this to be very full of an emotion or quality her heart overfilled with joy so point one taking thoughts captive so this is a nice little image i found found on google <laughs> um yeah so what do you hear what do you see what do you think what do you say that's importantly i'm just going to move the lectern So there's a scripture up there. Do you not know, and this is 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 to 20. If you turn and read with me. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not of your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. Okay? Now, those of you you who know me well, I studied at Nexus Institute of Creative Arts in Coventry, and time's ticking away, so in terms of I can't remember... How long ago that was? It was 2014. I was in first year, and funny enough, um, the title of this message came from a lecture I had, which is I thought was quite interesting. So this message for me has been a process of about eight years, and I'm not, I've got to tell you honestly, it's not been an easy process. Been a lot of ups and downs um, getting to this point. I was engaged someone after I left university that failed miserably and part of that was the the actions of my heart and where I was with God after I left Nexus and this was 2016 2017 Um, so that's just a part of me opening up about this message and why I really want to share to be honest with you because I know we're at different journeys together but the story I want to share is um, when we were in this lecture, Overflow of the Heart, okay? And the, one of the principals, Kate Silber, um, shared a story. So she was in a supermarket. Now, I don't know if you've seen a new Lidl down there, for example. It is chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute chaos. They need to sort that out. But anyway, I'm giving you a reference point because it's helpful, right? Um, so, the story goes that she was in the supermarket doing her daily business, um, daily shop, picking up something off the shelf. And she sort of, she looked up, She's like, I feel really angry. What is it I'm feeling angry about? And she, she sort of, Pause for a minute and then she realized it was a song in the background that was playing in the supermarket now I don't know any more details than that but it just it caught me off guard when she said that because she said sometimes the subconscious and the um, our spiritual ears are listening to things that aren't of the kingdom and I thought, wow! <laughs> so that is something to think about within this message, and that's why I've put this up here for you for you to have a look at. So moving on to the next scripture, if we can turn Two Corinthians chapter ten, verses five. And this is the NLT version. We destroy or demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amen? So that's why I wanted to share the story. Because so often in this society it's getting worse and worse to some degree. Oh, it's okay, you can, you can um, be who you want, you can dress what you want, blah, blah, blah. But actually, is that good for us? We've got to understand what the gospel says, and we've got to understand that people are going to be out there to judge us if we act according, accordingly with the word. Now, that's just something that's you know keeps striking my heart at the moment about the world we live in. Let's not be afraid to live who God called us to be. If we get called names i'm not going to taboo it if we get called homophobic for example for sticking up for the gospel then so be it i'd rather be called a homophobe and live in god's word than than not do anything about it at all and just sit in my little corner in church you know so that that's where i'm coming from today i'm sorry well actually i'm not sorry for offending people Because the gospel does offend people. I'm going off track now. (laughs) You with me? God's in the business of doing something today. So, point number two. Guarding our hearts. Gets deeper. Um, Guard your heart. Save your soul. I wonder what that could mean. That's just a bit of a uh, reflective image, a bit of a meditative image. So, Trevor mentioned it, I think it was last week, this scripture. It's a very common scripture that we can all take, but I'm going to read it again anyway. Philippians chapter 4, 4 to 7. says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition or request, by the way. With thanksgiving, present your requests I may have to move on. (laughs) To God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There we go. My version that I've written down is a little bit different. There we go. Verse 8, sorry. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right... Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, Jesus, or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Now, I mentioned a little bit already about um, when I was at um, Nexus when I left, when I got engaged. Now, the reason I thought I'd mention that is because there was a bunch of things that happened during that time in 2017. Now, some of you may not know, but I've got a chronic condition called chronic pancreatitis, which is very uh, painful and it's an inf- inflammation of the pancreas, and um, spent a lot of sleepless nights in hospital. Now, the reason why I've mentioned about 2017 is because i just finished university. I was ready to go. I was ready to, to get out there and be a musician, right? I was ready to, I don't know, I was getting some gigs at the time, and my ego, my mind, was in the wrong place, spiritually, yeah? Because I didn't guard my heart and I let my emotions take control. I didn't actually go to God and say, look, can you use this gift I've got? Will you use this gift and help me in the situation? Look, I was in the hospital for uh, over a period of six months, this sort of recovery took place in that year. And I was in the hospital, swearing and shouting at the nurses. You know, why let me out, God? What are you doing? Why am I in this situation? Yeah. And I was. It wasn't me. It was a spiritual thing. It took. An, it literally grabbed. You know, spiritually grabbed, hold of my heart, as if to say, you're not good enough. Yeah. I'm telling you this because we all live like this. We all have these emotions and we're not vulnerable with each other enough, I think. So it's just a point I wanted to make. And as I say, this is a journey of eight years discovering this message and actually applying it in my life. So that's why a point I'm going to make soon will come to light than what I said. If the uh, laptop works. (laughs) Um, Okay, yep. Let's go back. So controlled response is what I'm gonna talk about. So we can see, this is relating to Jesus, okay? The righteous anger of Jesus in Mark 11, verse 15 to 9. Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 18. This will be your homework if you want to... Um <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I work in a school and I use that too much. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get it out of there. Um, and faith. In Romans 1, verse 17. I know, Dave, you love the New Testament, right? (laughs) Um, Right, so, I'm going to read to you. um, It's not going to be on the screen, so you need to be prepared if you've got a Bible. It's Mark 11, verse 15 to 19. This is about righteous anger, at least what I've picked from it. You might pick something else from it. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and chairs of those selling doves. And he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, The scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers of the religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. But they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. That evening... Jesus and the disciples left the city. Now, I wonder what we think about that rhetorically. I wonder what we think about that scripture. Because what I gathered from it was, if if I'm mistaken, please correct me, but Jesus um, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. So Jesus come down from the mountain of prayer. I, I should have really looked this up, to be honest, where it was, but I know enough that I can just improvise. <laughs> so Jesus came down from fasting, and then he went to Jerusalem to the Israelites in the temple. But, those of you who know the story, um, Jesus was hungry. Now, I don't know about you, <laughs> um, especially on a Sunday, i get rather hungry after church. <laughs> now, with, in Swanley, this is a point, a side point. In Swanley, on a Sunday where I live, we've got a, a new market that's opened up. Now, just imagine, right, you live there, and you're hungry, and the, there's all this traffic. You're like, I just want to get home and just get the roast on. Is that righteous anger? I, I, I would probably think so because Jesus spent time pre- praying and preparing and then all of a sudden the Israelites, well, whoever it was, <laughs> the teachers of religious law, sorry, they were doing things that weren't spiritually in line, right? So just to give you a picture of that, really. But they were amazed at his teaching. It's like, yeah, it's, there's a double meaning to some of these scriptures. Anyway, so Genesis 18 is the next one I mentioned. We can read, you can read that later on. But the righteous anger um, of Sodom and Gomorrah is because God wanted to kill off the people at the time. Just imagine that. God wanted to kill off this church. We'd be thinking, what the heck? You know? But it's because of the sin of the to- of that time. Yeah? God of the Old Testament is known as the God of Wrath. W-R-A-T-H, right? But however you pronounce it is up to you. <laughs> but um I believe it was. Abraham, who wanted to plead with God and say, Look, because of my name, please don't kill off the 50 people. Okay, okay, Abraham, right, I will um, kill off 40 people in my name. No, 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 don't, don't, because people will hear of this. And people will judge you, God, as a God who just wants to kill people for no reason. And When I was thinking about this story, I was thinking, actually, that's where we have, I think, the song Reckless Love makes more sense, to be honest. Um, So on that note of Genesis 18, it's in relation to God seeing our failures, but reworking it in accordance to his plan or his will. I'm going to pick on Dave again. But when Dave was worshipping, he was praising, stamping around, you know? Because we're, all, we're all but dust as humans. You know? But God set us free. And that's what grace is. It's not about grace as such. We need to work with grace, I would like to say. So i to move on to Romans 1, verses 17. Solely 17. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by, what's that word say? Faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith, that a righteous person has life. Amen. So, move on quite quickly, because this is the nitty-gritty part, as I like to think of it as. So, here's a picture of the heart valves. It's not a particularly clear one, but you get the idea, right? So, some of us in the room are NHS professionals, and... um, no judgment, please. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, we've got the four valves here. The aortic valve, the pulmonary valve, the mitral valve, and the tricuspid valve. Okay? So, I know you might be sitting there and thinking, what the heck he's talking about hearts now? What? Gone from faith of Abraham to hearts. What? Well, let me tell you. It will make sense later. So, these four valves, or ventricles, this is my own definition that I've written for you. These valves are a process of letting in blood by contractions and relaxations of the heart. If these valves aren't aligned properly or are diseased, I'll put in some references there, then the heart becomes overworked enlarged and as a result blood flows backwards or leaks through other means now i like to relate this to the spiritual heart okay work with me here you need to do a little bit of a processing of this message (laughs) um so it's body Mind, soul, and spirit. I like to think of us humans as these four primary things. Joyce Mayer says it's about knowing the Bible, it's about knowing the Bible and seeing the authority and praying for understanding. Of the word. So, in that little message there, if we can relate this to our heart, it's about sinking the word of God into your heart, using it as a defense mechanism. And we know with the heart, okay, that there are the white blood cells are responsible for attacking pathogens. And I, I hate to use COVID because I know people, you know, I'm well, but. When you get a virus, basically the white blood cells, they scatter around and they, they, they clum, come together collectively to attack the uh, pathogens or whatever is responsible for entering the body. Um, so I like to think of, when relating to the Bible and relating to guarding your heart, that we think of this spiritually. You know, what is the... What is the white blood cells, what is the defense mechanism that you're using to get closer to God, to attack the enemy? I just want to leave you with that. The word will sink into your heart. Let your spiritual bloodstreams, this is my definition, if you're a note taker, I'd like you to take notes I'll say it again the word will sink into your heart let your spiritual bloodstreams be like white blood cells, they're one of the first defence mechanisms in the body that attack viruses whenever pathogens are detected it's ironic actually because I accidentally said that twice but reworded it differently, I think God's up to something <laughs> right okay so so we've talked about letting it sink in to your heart i like to think of the armor of god as being the defense mechanism ephesians 6:10 to 12 This again, the New Living Translation for those of you at home as well. It says this, verse 10, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I'm just going to go back. Okay. So that's, that's the word right there. So whatever I've just said previously about the heart, it's about putting on the armor of God. If you've got that scripture open, I'd like you to highlight the text. Be strong, is what I picked out. Put on the armor of God. A spiritual battle of power. I wonder what you're processing this morning. I wonder what you're letting bypass. I mentioned about... The ventricles of the heart. When blood flows backwards, it's called backflow. We don't want to be people who let things seep into a heart. Because when the blood overflows in heart, you can get disease, right? If you had a heart transplant, that is like the last port port of call um, to save your heart and sometimes the heart can reject the body this is the thing this is reality really um, if we don't have a bible's sinking in to our spirit if we just read it and think oh it's okay i'm just gonna i'm gonna do it tomorrow too busy however oh, and we continue sinning whenever it is you know watching the r- films listen to the wrong music just to fill that void then what's going to happen It's going to be a negative input. And we want a positive input and a positive output. Yeah? Does that make more sense? Not talking jargon? Maybe to some some people in the room I might be. But as I was preparing this message, I was aware that we're all at different faith journeys. We're all at different life journeys. Some of us are new... new, um, Grandparents in the room. Some of us are parents, more than 20 years. Some of us are new parents. um, Some of us watching, perhaps. Some of us are from different backgrounds, as I mentioned already, different countries. Yeah? So we all have this responsibility to look after one another. And that's what my heart was for this message, was to communicate something that might be new to someone, but it might be an old message keeps getting ground up in a new way. So that's ultimately my, my goal this morning is to make sure we have a new perspective together. I think it's really important. Our next point. We've all heard the story, so I'm going to go forward. You reap what you sow. Now... Which way am I going? This way? That way? Or another way? I just thought this picture was really poignant to this point. Um, Now, I've mentioned about faith, faith of Abraham, okay? Just hold on to that thought for a minute. Now imagine, I don't have any seeds, but imagine the parable of the sower. And I took seeds and I just scattered them outside on the concrete. What good's that going to do? Dave shaking his head. <laughs> it's not going to do anything, is it? Because if you put mustard seeds, for example, on the concrete, they're just going to be eaten up by foxes or ravens or whatever it's about that wants to eat it, right? Now, just think about that. Are we doing that with our hearts? Are we taking the seed of God and just scattering it anywhere we please? Or are we actually rooting it? God is a multi-dimensional God. He wants to take that seed, whatever you've got, and he wants to use it for good. Because we can work with God in the rocky ground, but it's not going to be easy. I've mentioned before, you know, I've had health problems, I've had relational issues, and I put that seed in the wrong place. Maybe that's you this morning. I don't know. Only God knows. But we are responsible by part with what we do with that seed. Okay. Now, God is a God that carries the promise of Abraham. Okay. Through his lineage, Abraham had faith without seeing the promise come true. The trust in God seeped into his heart. This is ultimate faith. Okay? So Abraham had a word from God. He was doing things differently at the culture at the time that the Israelites were doing. At that time in Genesis, around Genesis 18, or middle Genesis, uh, the Israelites were mainly in their own sort of tribe and sort of nation. They didn't move anywhere. Abraham had a word from God to move from one place to the other. And that was revolutionary for them at the moment at that time. So I just want you to think about, you know, where are we moving where are we moving to? Where are you moving to? Spiritually? Physically? But with Abraham he didn't he didn't know the full impact of what was to come. He didn't know that it was gonna a whole nation was gonna be set around God's laws. And he didn't he he passed away, he died without seeing it happen. I think that's amazing actually. Having that faith to be used by God and not knowing what is what's gonna happen with that seed. Incredible. Actually, so promise and faith. This is a side point, okay? This is a three point message, but if you're a note taker, your page might be quite full up at some point. <laughs> um, right, so Galatians 3 6 to 8. I'll read it out because I don't have it on here. In the same way, Abraham believed God and counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the Scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles non-Israelites, people like ourselves, right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So, right. Okay. I've got a... A a book reference, but I don't actually have the book title um, that I'm reading. Quite funny, really, isn't it? I don't have the title of the book that I'm going to be paraphrasing from, but such is life. (laughs) Okay, right, so I'm going to read it to you. See, Tib Pearson knows what every farmer knows. If you want to f- yield, so I say that again. If you want a field to yield crops, you must sometimes tear down fences. That's how the enemy tries to cut the body. If you disagree with someone on one point, then you must disdain or dismiss them entirely. And if you acknowledge or affirm, someone, then you must agree with them entirely. This is a lie. Break it. Mmm. So we're talking about fields now, we're talking about crops, we're talking about fences. What does that all mean? Well, the point that I've taken from that reference is this. Are you going to let God tear down fences in your life? Hmm? Are you? <laughs> it's rhetorical, but are you? Are you actually going to do that? Or are you just going to, you know, just let things consume, let the seed go in with the wrong place? Are you actually going to kick it down? Right? I played football on Friday. My legs are sore. We want to be full on with it, yeah? Sorry about the space. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? We've really got to take this seriously. So I'm getting excited. Because worship was amazing this morning, not because of what the band were capable of, but what God's capable of. Tongue twister there. <laughs> oh, dear. Amazing. Right. So I say to that point I made is another scripture. Now, I'm going to let you read that for a minute. Jeremiah 4, verse 3 to 4. Because we're coming to the end. Very short, shortly. So I want you to really ponder on this scripture if you have a Bible with you. If not, it's up there. This is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Plough up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste your good seed among thorns. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, surrender your pride and power. Change your hearts. Okay. I'm going to end this message with a question. Let's look at the board if we can as well. What is the overflow of the heart? We've got a new perspective, hopefully, on what that means. And I'm going to ask you... Oh, he has gone. <laughs> Sorry, Anna. For those at home, I do apologise. I'm back. <laughs> Technical glitch on my behalf. But that's fine. Imperfect people, right? Where are we on there? Anna, could you get the last slide up for me, if that's all right? Not a problem. My question to you, everybody, is what is your overflow of the heart? I just want you to sit with that before we finish. Because God's taken us all on a journey through faith. Now, if we close our eyes together. I I want you, if you're comfortable, to do so. I want you to feel your heart. I want you to, if you can find a pulse, that'd be great. And then I want you to... Pause for a couple of seconds. One, two, three, four, five. What are you letting into your heart? Is it contracting or relaxing? Thank you very much for listening.